Welcome to another inspirational message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more information and great content, jump over to our website at elamchurchchristchurchcity.org. We hope you enjoy this message. So today I'm going to continue for you our series, The Ten. That's right, I couldn't remember what it was called. And all week I'm like, is it The Ten? Is it the 10? But it is, it's the 10. And over the last few weeks, we've been journeying through the 10 commandments. That's why it's called the 10. Um, And understanding that even though they were the law that was presented to Israel way back when, they're still very relevant for us today. Um, Jesus said he came to fulfill the requirements of the law to satisfy that and not to abolish the principles that we can learn from them. And today we are going on with number four, come on down, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So holy is a bit of a strange bible word and it just simply means to be intentionally set apart for God. All right, Sabbath is also a strange bible word and growing up in the church, I always found this one a bit odd. It just comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means to rest. All right, so very simply, this is a command to rest. But if we have a look at the Ten Commandments as a whole, because they were presented to Israel as a whole, not in increments as we're going through them, they and you'll see over the last few weeks, if you if you look back, this picture being painted of who God is and who he's called his people to be. So the Ten Commandments are not just a set of rules, they're actually rooted in identity. And who God is and who he says You are. I love that we did champion this morning because I was like, yes. I love it when God's in control. So the first mention of the Sabbath is actually in Exodus 16 when the Israelites have been freed from slavery. They've come out of Egypt and they're complaining because they've got no food. So God gives them manna. Um, And you can have a look in Exodus 16 as to what that manna was. Um, But what he's doing is he's starting to introduce this rhythm to his people, he says, you can collect this manna for six days, only what you need for each day. Don't collect any more because it will go bad. But on the sixth day, I want you to collect twice as much because there's going to be none on the seventh. And sure enough, every seventh day, there was no manna on the ground of the desert. And it was the only day that the manna they'd collected the previous day didn't go bad. What God's doing there is he's saying, I'm your creator, you'll trust me. You are my people, you are my children, you'll trust me. I am who I say I am, and you are who I say you are. You will depend on me. Your rest is rooted in your identity in God. If you get nothing else this morning, please take that home. All right, we're going to pick it up in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 12 and dig into this a little more. It says, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you will not do any work. Neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, or your donkey, Keep your budgie in the cage that day. No one's to do any work. All your male or female servants, everybody is to rest as you do. Why? 
Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Amen. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Can everyone say with me this morning, the Sabbath is holy. Amen. So there's a couple of things I'm going to pull out today. And the first is this. It's a very practical thing. Remember the rhythm. Remember the rhythm. On a practical level, it's about rhythm. Six days you'll labor and do all your work. Don't slack off. Get your work done. But don't do anything on the Sabbath. It's a day of rest. No one's to do any work. Not you, not anybody. So God is bringing his people again into a pattern of rest and work. Work and rest. And it's a glimpse forward into the eternal rest that he would eventually bring them into. The eternal rest that he will eventually bring us into as his people. And this was introduced right from the word go. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, So the heavens and earth are created and all their, and completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished his work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then he blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Everyone say, the Sabbath is holy. Because on it, God rested from all the work of creating he'd been done. It's a work and a rest rhythm. It's a balance. And that's pretty straightforward until you consider that the recipients of this word originally were the Israelites. So for 400 years, all they'd known was slavery. They didn't have a day off. Every boundary as an adult Israelite at that time I would normally have put around myself would have been violated. I don't know what rest feels like. All I've known is hardship. I have no rhythm and I have no balance. I was a slave. My parents were slaves. My grandparents were slaves and so on and so forth. My sense of identity is very much grounded in slavery. And if we fast forward to the 1st of October 2023, which is today, and we look objectively, because I don't want to step on any toes here, even though I've got my shin-kicking boots on, If we look objectively at our lives, if I look objectively at my life, let's make it about me to make it easier so I'm not pointing the finger too much. I see more and more that we're in a rat race. Guys, we're in a rat race. And we very often don't know how to stop. Very often we don't have any rhythm. How many people's sleep patterns are out of whack? How many people's eating patterns are out of whack? We're a society of people that are constantly on the go. We are constantly reachable. We are constantly stimulated. And I know for me that even when I do get a minute to rest, I default to those things that mask as rest but don't actually allow me to rest. Netflix, anyone? Some Insta Reels, maybe? Online shopping, gaming? You know these can be turned off, right? There's this, it's usually just you hold down your lock button. And then you can, there you go. Oh, it's off. Can we learn how to switch off this morning? Our minds are so busy. And I know for me that when I get into something, when I get doing it, I find it very hard to stop. I find it really hard to take a step back and switch off, even when it's the most efficient and necessary thing to do. All right, so every year, at Christmas time, for 25 years, it's the 
only thing my husband has ever asked for for Christmas food is this dip that I make, all right? And what it is, it's an essentially, there's a point to the story. What it is, it's an essentially a layered guacamole, okay? So I've got my avocados. You can start going, mm, I've got my avocados and my sour cream and my cheese and spring onions mm, and my sweet chili sauce. And because I make this in quite large quantities, because we all eat it, we just sit around the table with several bags of corn chips and spoons and we just, like, scoff. I have to finely chop two to three kilos of um, fresh ripe tomatoes. Two to three kilos. We make this in big quantities. So that means every year I've got to do this. And it starts off real well. My blade's nice and sharp. But about kind of the one and a half to two kilo mark, things start getting a bit dull. And I get more and more frustrated. And my very helpful siblings that are usually in my house at that time will walk behind me and just have a wee look and suggest that I might just chop and sharpen my knife. But do you think I'm going to do that? No, 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 don't be stupid. I'm too busy cutting. I'm too busy doing it. I am in my zone until it gets to the point where I'm not so much cutting these beautiful tomatoes as I am mashing them with a blunt blade and forcing it through the skin because who wants chunks in their guac? Not me. Now, there's nothing wrong with my knife. It's a good quality knife. But I'm not using it the way it was intended to be used. It's a rhythm, a work and rest rhythm. So what can we do to rest? What can we do to bring this rhythm back? Switch off. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to push this today. Switch off. And if you're one of these people that says, oh, well, I actually use it as my alarm clock because I need to wake up to it, I checked this week. You can go to Kmart, and I've got one, and for 10 bucks, you can buy yourself an alarm clock. Stop it. So at least at night time... You can switch off. It's a cute one too. And it has like a black screen, so you don't have that annoying glow. What are the other things? Maybe go for a walk. Getting outside. Sunshine, fresh air. Feel the wind on your face. Feel the wind in your hair. Maybe take a friend with you. We live very sedentary lives, so often movement is good. Maybe pick up a book. One that's made out of paper. Switch off. Pick up a book made out of paper. Get lost in a story. But whatever we do, remember the rhythm. It's a work and rest rhythm. Can we reclaim the balance this morning? Because God's called us to be different. Amen. Number two is this. Remember to reset and reconnect. Remember to reset and reconnect. Deuteronomy 5.15. Remember. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord, your God, brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord, your God, has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. The Sabbath is holy. Your rest is holy because it reminds us that we created in God's image, that we are created and designed to be dependent on him, on our creator. Our rest is rooted in our identity as his kids. It's so important 
to reset and reconnect with that truth. And if you look at the life of Jesus, you'll see that he regularly rests. He is a habit that he has in his life. And it often gets missed because I, as I'm reading the text, I get pulled into all these incredible things that he does life-changing, earth-shattering stuff that he does. But if you look at the in-between bits, you'll see that he rests and he's often fighting quite hard to find that space. In Matthew 14, I'll just paraphrase the story for you real quick. When he heard that John the Baptist, his cousin, has just been beheaded, he tries to withdraw um, by himself in a boat, but there are some people that catch wind of it. So they actually walk around and they head him off on the land so that when he comes to shore, oh, there you are. Oh, great. Cool. But he loves them and he has compassion on them. So he ministers to them and he heals them and he feeds them. And that's the feeding of the 5,000, FYI. But then in verse 22 of Matthew 14, and please read it in your own time, it says, immediately, after that, immediately he sends the disciples ahead of him on the boat and he climbs a mountainside. He is working really hard to find that place where he can rest, where he can be by himself, where he can pray, where he can reconnect with the Father. Why? Is he not fully God? Yes, he is, but he's also fully man. And the strength to do what he needs to do comes out of that rhythm. It comes out of that reconnection with God. It comes out of that resetting of his identity, of who God is and who God's called him to be. We need to remember to reset and reconnect. That's why I talked about worshipping during the week. Build this connection Build this connection, the connection between you and the Father. There is simply nothing, nothing that is a substitute for that. And only God can tell you who you are. What you do is just what you do. You may be great at it. I'm quite good at some of the things I do. But they're not who I am. Don't let your job tell you who you are. Don't tell your minister, don't let your ministry tell you who you are. Don't let your social media profile tell you who you are, your salary, your course of study. Don't let your parents tell you who you are. Don't let your church leaders tell you who you are. Only God can tell you that. Only God can tell you who you are. And if you let anything else dictate your identity, then you'll be okay for a while. I'm, I, I let my ministry tell me who I was for a long time. And we were okay for a while, but eventually if you do that, you'll get caught in striving. You'll get caught in control. You'll get caught in fear. What will happen if I'm not reachable? What will happen if I'm not there? What will happen if I don't do it? That's fear, guys. What is that? That's slavery. God's called us out of that. Jesus has called you out of that. He's called you to be different. He's called you to trust him and to lean on him and find all you are and all that he is. That's where your rest comes from. You know, I'm going to level with you for a bit. I find it really ironic 
and I was talking to um, a couple of good friends of mine before the service, that out of 10 commandments, I get asked to speak on this. And the people that are laughing (laughs) know it's because I am someone who finds it very difficult to stop. Exceedingly difficult to stop. My mind is just such a busy place and it, it's, it's so hard just to quiet the noise. I wonder if you know what that's like today. Sometimes my brain's just, sometimes it's not so much ticking as it is just, it's just going, going, going. It can be incredibly overwhelming and disheartening and exhausting at times. There's just so much noise. So there's this thing that I do. And um, I learned it from my husband, and I forget where he learned it from, but I've started doing this recently, and just at certain times through my day when I'm feeling particularly overwhelmed or particularly anxious about something, I'll just I'll stop where I am. I'll intentionally stop. And if it's appropriate or safe to do that, I'll close my eyes and I'll just breathe deeply in through my nose and out through my mouth. Can we just close our eyes this morning and just human we we're going to do this. Just close your eyes and breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. And this is nothing weird. This is nothing new agey. This is simply telling your body and your mind that it's time to relax. And just find that comfortable rhythm of breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. And as I do that, I'll just say to myself, and I'm just going to speak it over you now, that the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And I choose that phrase because for me it encompasses all of who God is. And it doesn't matter what I'm facing. It doesn't matter what I'm fighting with, what battle I'm in the midst of. Because I know that if I can reconnect with that truth of who God is, that the Lord is my shepherd, then within that, I can find who I am. I can find who He's called me to be. And I can rest in that in the midst of the battle and in the midst of the weather. That doesn't change, but my position within that does. The noise is still going on around me, but I can center myself and who my God is and who He has called me to be. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters and He restores my soul. And I step into rest as He prepares a table before me and the presence of my enemy and my cup overflows, not because of anything I can do, not because of anything I am good at, not because of anything I can get done and tick off my to-do list, but because of who He is and who He's called me me to be 
in Him, within Him. And as I do that, I step again into grace and we step again into love and we step again into authority and into salvation, into peace. And that church is where our rest comes from. It comes from understanding who He is and who He says we are. You are His children. You are seen and you are loved by Him. You are forgiven. You are chosen. You are accepted. You are precious and honoured in His sight. You are His masterpiece. And His intended use, to use a crass word for you, is that you would rest in Him. That is how you operate. That's where you find the strength to do what He has called you to do is to understand who you are and who He's called you to be. This has been another great message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more content and updates, come see us on our Facebook page or jump over to our website. Thanks so much for listening.